Thank you all for listening to Ongs. Today, I have John riding on. So this is John riding songs. Yep. John, thank you for being on. Thanks, man. I'm happy um, to be here. When I when I saw you and you were mentioned the podcast, you were like, have you had anybody on to talk about board games? <laughs> and one, mm-hmm. no. Okay. Two, never thought about it. I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> really? let's, okay. yeah. I mean, I play board games, yeah. but um, when, when you've talked board games, uh-huh. it's one of those moments where I know a lot about board games. And then there's a whole nother tier, mm-hmm. and then you're above that tier. Uh, <laughs> See, it's funny that you mention that because there's, you know, I it's not like I, you know, I, I am confident and in, in myself in that I know that I know a lot about games and I teach games to a variety of ages. But there's also too like I play games with people who've been playing for twenty plus years that have close to over say five thousand games in their collection. And it's, I mean, it's not to say that I can't hang. With those people, because I mean, we like the same thing. They could have five thousand, I could have one, but we still like the same one game. Mm-hmm. And we can connect. That's fine. But I think being able to understand mechanic, um, being able to understand the mechanics of the game and theming and structure and kind of the implications that come with a game, I think, is really what makes me um, be able to appreciate those in a way that I can talk shop with mm-hmm. people who've been playing them so long. Um, what what's your entry point for games? Like where where do you come from it? Do you come from it from the standpoint of story, from oh, competition? Like what, what, yeah. j- what gets me jazzed about a game first? Yeah, in a sense. Okay, um, I I love that's a really good question because I think about that actually mm-hmm. um, more often than not because I I have my wall of games at home and there I have party games, I have two player games, I have solo games, I have cooperative games, I have competitive games, I have games that would take two players i have games that would take i don't know 50 something like that um there's a lot of different ones but i i look and i see like you know a lot of my favorite games i think have a very rich theme Mm. but that also feel simple in their play style um actually aaron your brother Mm -hmm. introduced me to the game scythe which is my you've played it we Mm -hmm. played it before Yeah. yeah um and that's my favorite game. And uh, I look at it, it right now, or right like now, actually yeah, overall, yeah. like that's the best game I'd say that you've overall, played. I've played like a, like I there are I have a top ten, and I love all the games in my top ten equally. But that one really sets itself apart, I think, because it is so complex when you first learn it. And actually, I learned it on the computer. I learned mm. it in a digital play style on Steam. And I personally think that that was the best way to learn it, at least for me. Like, no one was teaching me. I had to learn it myself. So then the computer taught me, and it didn't let me make a mistake. It didn't let me do this. And it was frustrating at first. It took me three sit-down times, like, you know, 30 minutes at a time. And I'm like, I I can't sit with this right now. Like, I need to go somewhere and do something else. My brain is fried. And so it is an incredibly complex game because you have worker placement, and you have area control, and you have an RPG element to it. But looking back now... And I'm sure you can relate because you've played it that mm-hmm. the turns are so quick and so simple in a sense that yeah. they take what two there's a bottom action and or top action and a bottom action and it takes maximum twenty seconds or something like mm-hmm. that. And I mean like yeah. because of that you can really do a lot on your turn, but at the same time, like someone else can take their turn. So like I mean it feels complex, but it's also it's real quick. It, it, I I enjoyed the game. Uh-huh. 
I don't care much for story in game. Okay. Like I, I just want to get yeah. into like playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there is such a rich story element uh-huh. to that of like this steampunk. Yeah, World there's War. actually a campaign I'm I'm looking to start soon of it that deals with all this. There's actually a six page exposition pre like prologue. Yeah, that sounds miserable to the game. See, I love that. <laughs> Because I'm like looking, I'm like, because when we played the game, there's this this mystery, this mystery in the game that you're not really supposed to get into because it's a mm-hmm. one shot. It's a one time game. And you're like, okay, let me just do my things and I'll win the game or lose the game. But if you're going to play it multiple times over the course of, you know, say an eight game campaign, I'm like, okay, I want to know why. What is my motivation behind doing a lot of these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, too, I think that really brings a lot of. I guess a lot of context to the actions that I would take being like, you know, for example, I'll build this thing because I want to do this in the story. This is the kind of story that I want to create in um, the game itself. Like it's almost like it's an interactive mini series of television. So when you're, when, cause, cause Scythe mm-hmm. specifically has characters. It does. And each uh-huh. character has like some, they, they all have different abilities. They do in a sense, there's not much personality that's what I was going to yeah, ask exactly. is do you play from a personality standpoint? Not specifically. Okay. I play as John. I don't play as the character. Like I have a character and I have a little animal friend because mm-hmm. it's cute. And I like that. <laughs> and there's little minis I want to paint someday when I'm mm-hmm. old. Um, but I don't play from a personality standpoint. Um, but I am curious to know the kind of people that would, I think. Because that's it's not like that's impossible for a type of game like that, I think. No, not at all. Um, especially since there's so many things you can do. There's so, And not only that, but like those RPG cards and those encounter cards, they can give you a choice of like, you can do something nice, or you can do something efficient, or you can do something mean. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that actually really drives... You know, it's not like just because I did something mean, I'm all of a sudden a mean character. Like, there's not a morality to the game. Like, there would be perhaps in a video game that tracks something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's also a whole separate echelon that, you know, deals with games that have a morality. Um, and I think having something like that in board games perhaps is on its way. But that would mm-hmm. also have to be a self-policed system. I got you. Um, with, with games... What strikes me about the way that you play games and the way that you approach it is you want to teach people new games. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not somebody who comes in and goes, all right, I just need four bodies yeah. because it's a five-player game, so mm-hmm. I need four other bodies. It's like, no, I want to teach this game to these people. I mm-hmm. think this would be a good group. And even uh, recently when we talked about playing games, you're like, no, I've taught this person. They played it too much, so mm-hmm. I want somebody else. Yeah. Um, is our games like a social environment is it oh, why so. why is there that teaching element to it well or the sharing element i guess <laughs> um well i am a teacher uh in a sense because you know i work with children uh and that's something that i one of the greatest joys of my entire life mm-hmm. is one is teaching and two is teaching children but teaching in general i think being able to impart knowledge um of something that gives me so much joy not that it would give the other person the same amount of joy. That's not what I'm trying to replicate. Um, <laughs> you're, you're not staring at somebody as you teach the game exactly. and going, don't you love this? Yeah, like the person it. that eats the food. Exactly. Great, right? It's like every bite. <laughs> love mm-hmm. it like I do, please. Mm-hmm. Um, because that would be so uh, pointless, I think, because you know, then it's you know me wanting them to make a decision that I've already made for them, mm. in a sense. And I think being able to teach games in a social setting, even if it is just two people, not necessarily a social setting, but specifically, I think, being able to teach someone a game 
not that I'll know that they'll love, but uh, that I think that they would appreciate their own ability to kind of realize, you know, the things that they're capable of thinking. Kind of like how, I don't know, like when I was first introduced to games, you know, I, I had no idea that this subculture existed. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I opened this, this sewer hatch and I've crawled down this massive rabbit hole and there's so many different themes and IPs and it's just, it's beautiful. And especially now it's getting mainstream. Like you can find yeah. a lot of games and great or great games in big box stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so cool because it's so accessible now. Um, it's so different than games like, you know, Monopoly, which there's nothing wrong with Monopoly. There's a time and a place. But it is very simplistic. I do enjoy a year, an annual game of Monopoly. Yeah. I will say I, once a year, want actually debt, like I do am motivated to play a game of Monopoly as far as I can. Do you play by the rules or do you do house rules? It of, Like, I mean, I like follow house rules. Pass and go the way mm-hmm. that if you don't buy a property, you're supposed to auction it off, those kind of things. <laughs> I do. I like the auction just because it, it speeds the game up. And I usually do play the speed it up rules. Like, usually everybody starts with properties and everybody starts mm. with an, like a sort of a more amount of money. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, I'm also not uh, legalistic in how I play almost any game with the exception of a few like i mean if there's a blatant rule you're breaking that's making the game not fun for me then i'm gonna say all right like hold on a second we can't just you know am i allowed to curse on this thing yeah sorry, okay. you are um you can't just fuck it up so because uh it's like <laughs> that's sorry, the that, moment the rules exactly, are the moment I'm like I, I always want to ask because like i mean that comes so naturally to me and frankly i'm trying to stop but it also just sometimes right, well I'm if like, you're trying to stop then no you're not allowed to okay, fair enough. thank you it's, thank you for setting that rule there you go um <laughs> so uh, but no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a legalistic game player that says like, we have to play by the rules right now. Cause the thing is like, if, if I'm playing by the rules, but people aren't having as good of a time as they could, then it's like, you know, don't make up rules, but also like, if you want to, there's a, there's a term in gaming called retcon. Like you can undo your actions. Like you had a turn and then all of a sudden at the end of your turn, you're like, wait, I, I didn't want to do that. I have no problem in saying, okay, like, you know, do you want to redo your turn? I'm, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem with me because I think, you know, I, I want people like, I want to play the game. I don't want to just make up rules as we go, but at the same time, I don't want to have people have a bad experience. Uh, Cause I think really for me personally, I'm going back to the whole social element is gaming is an experience. Um, you know, I'm I'm a very visual person and a kinetic learner in that I like doing and I like seeing things. And I think placing myself in a situation such a theme theme rich story game is a really cool opportunity uh, to experience something they you know I never really would be able to otherwise. It's similar to how some people read books and they place themselves and it's not like I don't do that myself, but I think I feel it more with games because it's interactive. Mm-hmm. Um because there's so many different actions you can take. There's so many different opportunities for you within a game, be it a linear game that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, or a sandbox game that has you could literally do anything you want, mm. and whoever gets the most VPs wins Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, um, going back into your history a bit, uh-huh. what what was the moment of lifting that hatch off of that? Um, jumping into that. It's actually a funny story, because it was, it was a massively... I don't... I don't I do drink, but I don't drink. Like, I don't, like, I don't get crazy. Um, one, because I've, it's a little difficult, but two, it's also just, uh, it's not enjoyable for me. I get a headache. Um, 
but I, <laughs> I was gonna say a dumb yeah. joke of like I've I've been saving money on alcohol by uh-huh. buying less food. So uh-huh. if you eat less, you just get drunk faster. That's true. But that's it, not you, what I'm doing actually. At all. Not. <laughs> I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm not. I'm like having one beer a week yeah, now. That's interesting. So, um, no, no, no. But I, I there was one night where my roommates and I had just the most insane night to this day, and I've, I haven't drank that much since. It was in 2014, um, a long time ago, and we just I woke up and I felt as shitty as possible and it was just really bad like i i had like i remember waking up in the bathroom and i had like a pillow under my head and i had like the toilet paper holder on the wall was off the wall and i had like a gash of blood running down my face and stuff and it was like it was like why did i let myself get this bad and then i was like okay well i guess my you know this is just how i'm gonna live my life now (laughs) Wait, wait, what? What do you mean? This is home? Not, not that life? I'm like okay, like, my decisions I, this is are every defined, night now. But, but it's like okay, well, I guess I'm this type of person that just gets oh, drunk. Okay. And so uh, this doesn't necessarily tie in, but I think it's funny just because it is such a like <laughs> it feels to confess that it feels almost illegal to me not to mention something so awful that happened before something so beautiful in a way, mm. um, because I had a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, Jeremy. Uh, called me up and he's like, hey, do you want to like come play some Arkham Horror? I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I have nothing better to do. Let me pick up some White Castle on the way over and I'll... That, that's my hangover food. It's super greasy food. Were Thankfully, I don't Ohio? use it often. But it's it's mainly that it just flushes it all out. It soaks it up and then I just... I have a couple days where I just flush it out. Um, So I basically... I go over there and he has two... Like like beer pong tables set up of game, not beer pong itself, but like he has like he has two uh, tables ping set pong. up. We yeah, call ping, those ping pong tables. I mean, they are ping pong, but it's not a huge like not a regulation sized okay. ping pong table. But you, you can imagine two massive tables of boards and pieces and components, and there's all these things. And I was like, what did I get myself mm-hmm. into? Because I don't have them. I just had a cr- incredibly weird night. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was me and my, one of my other roommates who also had the same night. And so we go over there and he's like explaining the rules. And I'm just like, I have had one of my eyes is closed kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, like you, you, you tell me what I, what I'm doing wrong so I can then do it right. And then, and I think that that's actually really nice because if he had explained it to me and I was trying to listen, I probably would have gotten bored. Um, because listening to long games when you don't know how to play them, if you have a bad teacher, and not that he's a bad teacher, he's an excellent teacher, I was a bad learner. Mm. Um, but I think having to listen to something like that when you're not in the space gives you a bad disposition. And I think actually me tuning it out and having to learn for myself really helped yeah. um, because I learned by doing so I was like, all right, I'm going to take this action. And at first he was like, oh, you have to do this first. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks for telling me. And then as I started to see this world unfold, and for the record too, Arkham Horror is in the Lovecraft uh, universe. So you have Cthulhu and you have these elder gods and it's all this incredible other dimension. Like it's very fantasy driven. Arkham um, Horror is the one where you're moving around a board and then monsters are... Yes. Uh, and that's almost yeah. every board game, but... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um I've but played specific- it once and was yeah. like mm. I liked it. Um I like Eldritch Horror more, which is more of a like Indiana Jones feel. We can talk about that later. But um <laughs> but all that to say it's still Lovecraft, but like you have more of an adventure. This is around a house. Mm-hmm. Um and you're running around this house and you're trying to pick up clues and you're trying to open up portals to close the portals to like fight these monsters that are like bigger than galaxies kind of thing. It's it's very very like uh uh, it's otherworldly, in put in a literal and figurative sense. But 
I was so fascinated by the fact that something that rich and that vivid could be thought up and put into pieces mm. that I could, you know, manipulate. Mm. I could actually have my own little adventure here for a second. Um, and I could do so with other people, either they're on my team or they're not, but they're also having a shared collective experience. We get to remember a time where I, you know, passed off this relic of some kind to my friend who then did this thing with it. And then he opened this portal that just like, I'm imagining it in my head was just, it was so cool. And I was like, when, when can we do that again? Uh, and so he invited me next week and then the week after, and we got into more games and he had, you know, quite a few, he is about 30 or so. And we played, um, all these different kinds and then realizing the different, like getting into the subculture actually. Cause the other thing too, is I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, like to get into <laughs> different topics of discussion and when i get interested about something i i, I lose sleep over it oh you you jump headlong I you do study very, you very get the history much. and uh -huh. where the trends yes. are going because i i think that dopamine fix of feeling something like that and the serotonin that follows is so uh it, it's very addicting for everybody i'm mm -hmm. sure everybody can relate um but this is something i'm like if i have the opportunity and the means then why not jump? Um, especially if it's going to, I feel like it's going to give me a better life. It's one thing to do it when it's detrimental and unhealthy. Cause then I'm like, all right, let's, let's wait. Yeah. I, I guess what's the balance there? Because board games are a massive amount of time or they can be, they can be. And to be honest, I actually have taken a little bit of a backseat in the last six months or so, not in a bad sense. Like I'm very, uh, Still, like, I, I game a lot. And it also, if anything, makes the time that I do game very much more meaningful, uh, which is, it's nice. But there were times, I think a couple of years ago, where, like, I think I had a solid 14 days straight of gaming something every night. But I, I loved it. I didn't mind it. Now I probably would because I do more with my time. Mm -hmm. um, especially since, like, you know, ever since, like, graduating and I got my master's and I'm pursuing my doctorate. But before that wasn't really much of a, a problem. Um, so there is a balance now. And I think it kind of sort of evolved into a balance that I needed. Whereas mm -hmm. before I was like, this is my life, but I also don't have a problem with it. I, I don't yeah. have a problem with going so hard because it feels natural to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think being able to have that ability... Is something I'm very grateful for is the ability to actually, like, you know, say like, no, I'm the person that is going to get their feet soaked um, in this if it means that I get to keep laughing with friends and I get to keep having a smile on our face and there's also a purpose for why we're doing things. Mm. Um, and that's also to say like there, there are times where I worry about myself sometimes thinking like, do I always have to do something? Can I just sit with a person? And there were times where I felt bad for wanting to play a game over sitting and getting to know someone. And that's actually right around the time that I started taking a step back. Mm. Um, because I realized that there was a lot of perhaps things that I was, because I mean, like obviously games are incredible, but there's also, you're not, it is very surface level. Mm -hmm. Even if it is a whole separate, incredible, deep adventure, a very rich experience, but it's also not uh, interpersonally close. Yeah, I've got a group of friends where we'll play games. Uh, we used to play, I mean, it comes and goes. Uh -huh. there, there are seasons where you're like, all right, we're playing a lot. Yeah. And then other times where you just don't have the time to. Uh -huh. But it would be in between games, we'd go, how's life? Like yeah, the, the bigger exactly. things. Yeah, yeah, but when yeah. you're playing a game, 
you can't exactly because you're so, focused yeah, on something you're, you're and you doing have, you math a, in your head mm-hmm. and doing three moves so you that have you have a goal can't. to mm-hmm. attain and everything and that's i was actually playing some i was playing something with a friend last night and they're friends that i've known for i don't know three four years or something mm-hmm. and we play games once a month they invite their friends they they know my friends but they don't with they're just a separate group mm-hmm. but we kind of meet up and we talk and i was thinking about it like i i I got this game recently that does ask those hard questions, actually. It's a lot of fun. The game? Um, the game itself, actually. What it's, game is that? It's called We're Not Really Strangers. Shameless plug. Not an ad. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, it's uh, it's this game that... it's. Uh, I got it through an eavesdrop recommendation. This person was talking about it, and I just happened to hear about it. And I was like, that sounds really cool. And so being able to like look it up, I was like, whoa, this... This seems like something. It's very, it's very intimate experience, actually. Um, and there's actually a lot of games now that are kind of turning to that. That because I think that they're realizing that there are some groups of friends that want to, you know, move past Cards Against Humanity, and they kind of mm-hmm. want to move past, you know, the surface level uh, feelings. Because you know, like when you're with the right people, you don't care what you say per per se. I mean, with, yeah. like extremities excluded. <clears throat> um, but like the game itself, it, it has three different phases. And the first one talks about perception and first, first impressions. And it says like, okay, so based on my phone screen, what type of person do you think I am? Or like based on my shoes or like, you know, my Instagram feed or like, you know, how I quaff my hair or something. What do you think about me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get to be honest. Like it's supposed to be, you know, honest in saying like, you know, I think this type of thing. And so, for example, like I, I had friends the other night tell me um, based on my Instagram feed what they thought. And I'm, I'm a photographer um, and I take and edit pictures and I'd like to think that I do it very well. I, I love the photos that I post. Um, other people liking them is just gravy, but I think having my friends judge me and these are also friends I've known for a decade. So they're a little biased, mm-hmm. but I think having friends that, um, tell me what they think of me based on pit, my pictures actually open my eyes to say that there's more that someone can tell about me about my pictures than just I'm creative or I have a good eye. It's like I, they told me things like I like to manipulate the world around me and I'm actually able to make things look better visually than they are. And that's not to say that, you know, I think they also balanced it by saying that there's actually, I'm, I'm able to find beauty in a lot of mundane circumstances, um, which was really cool to hear. Yeah. And the second phase is about connection. So it's things like, um, like based on, what we just talked about, what do you see? How do you see yourself in me? How, um, how are we connected? What do we relate on kind of thing? Like what's a shared experience that we have that you think changed both of our lives kind of thing. Um, is that a, is that a question that could be done with somebody on a first time play? Like that specific question I haven't come across, Okay, but I do know that there are some of those deeper ones and they also, I mean, it's it's a loose game. So they say, if you can't answer it, skip it. I, I, have you ever played Loaded Questions? I know of it. I've not played it. Um, my family destroyed that game where it's like, it's <laughs> it's asking you, and I guess you're supposed to be honest. Yeah. We were not. Oh, we were okay. like, what's the funniest, uh, yeah. worst thing that we could say here? So I'm <laughs> that's, hearing I mean, you, that's I'm the, hearing you if that's the, Yeah, if those are the rules, then yeah. like that's And that's the beauty, I think, of those mm-hmm. types of games is like, you know, if you're with the right people, you can totally change how you're going to say things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, those, the the connection phase was really cool because you got to see how basically you'll ask a question to one person mm-hmm. and they'll have to sit and think about answering it. So like, for example, one of the questions that I was asked was, um, what were, oh no, um, 
it was in the third, the third phase is reflection. So you're supposed to think about like, okay, so now, like now that we've talked about these things, what do you think about yourself? What do you think about me? Mm -hmm. And it asked some really good stuff. Like one of my friends asked me a question, like what word comes to mind when you think about being in love with someone? And I'm, I mean, obviously it's an emotion I'm not unfamiliar with. Um, I, I've been, I feel like I've been in love before and, but it's also like, if you're going to dilute it down to one word, um, and it also is something that has to be, has a point to it. Cause I mean, it's also too, like you can say like euphoric because it is, but it's also, there's so much more yeah. than just euphoria when you're in love with someone. And I think being able to ask those questions within a game, you know, that's a really beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, to have with people one either that you're incredibly close with or perhaps even a stranger yeah um i would love to play a game like that with a stranger as long as i knew that they would be honest and 100 percent on board because i don't want to obviously ask intimate questions with someone that doesn't want to open up yeah <laughs> yeah that's a game you have to decide on exactly beforehand. yeah um it, they say they recommend it ideally with two players um because at the very end you're actually supposed to write the other person a note a little handwritten note hmm. saying like just like two, three, four sentences, something like that. And just say like, this is really what I think about you, but you're not allowed to read it until you're gone, until you're yeah. departed yeah. from the other person. Gotcha. Um, so there's, there's actually a lot of games like that, that will foster that sense of connection. Um, do you, are there bad games out there? 99% of them are okay. bad games. Okay. Sorry. I wasn't it's sure. True. I wasn't sure if you were going yeah. along the lines of, you know what? There's a there's a place for each game. I will say that. I'm the thing is is that I'm under the the uh, philosophy that no game is bad. I, I say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some there are some bad games, in the sense that there are games that do have a very specific time and place. Um, but at the same time, I think that there are plenty of games that are better than most games. Mm-hmm. That's a personal opinion, but it's also, I think, just objectively looking at ratings online and reviews. There are games that are very low rated for a reason. They're just yeah. broken. Yeah. And it's not to say that they're not good because someone actually took a dream and wanted to create something with it, even if it was something simple, even if they wanted to do it just to get a quick buck. It was still something that they put in a minute amount of work into. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, I, I don't want to shit on that necessarily, but I also think that there are plenty of games that are just not good. Okay. They're not bad, but they're not good. No, that's mm-hmm. just checking. Oh, yeah, of course. It's the it's the checking of, uh, are there bad questions? Like, well, oh, yeah, of course. There's, there's questions some... that are way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's others that good... you just go, well, just take a moment. Mm-hmm. Take a moment. You'll yeah, figure exactly. it out. Yeah, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's a great lead into uh, you work with kids. I do. <laughs> so six days a week. Six days. Six days a week. Mm-hmm. Nice. On Sunday. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. When I was going to school for education, mm-hmm. there were classes or different moments within classes that would talk about um, game teaching through games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there's a very legitimate uh, amount of research behind this, mm-hmm. and different people that pursue that of like. Let's teach strategy. Let's teach uh, history through games like Risk, or mm-hmm. uh, let's let's play these bigger games. Yeah, and you get a, a very personal sense to it. So you work with kids in the psychological realm. I do in uh, in behavioral specifically behavioral. in the behavioral side right now. But and, I've gotten my degree in clinical psychology. And uh, how do how do you in, integrate games into that? Mm-hmm. And 
are you doing like with your PhD mm-hmm. or pursuing that? Mm-hmm. Are you? It's a PsyD, so it's a doctorate okay. specifically of psychology. So pursuing the PsyD, uh-huh. are you pursuing games as your research? Mm-hmm. I'd like to. Right now, it's all in theory because I'm I'm still in the application mm-hmm. phase. Um, but as far as it goes with teaching right now, I teach games. Well, I teach games to my friends and stuff, and that actually gives me a lot of practice for teaching with a similar crowd because it's also like wrangling a group of say five six people who just want to like sit and talk and shoot the shit and it's like no like we're here for a reason like invited you so we could play games it's similar to having to wrangle focus for you know a couple 10 11 12 year olds that perhaps want to play but don't they just want to have the knowledge beamed into their heads they Mm -hmm. don't want to sit and learn it which i can totally relate to (laughs) um so i think Teaching games is is a very interesting tool used specifically in behavior uh, because I think having games have games have a, a specific tone and rhythm and cadence played with them where you have rules that you need to follow, you have actions you need to take, and other people's decisions kind of hinge on what you do. So you're mm. expected to kind of do something that pertains within the game. There's a certain etiquette that's played with games. And I think being able to teach an etiquette in games itself actually lends itself to being able to, you know, help a child behaviorally control themselves. Mm. So, like, I'll teach um, one of my clients, uh, just he he's incredibly bright, but his focus is is kind of all over the place. So we play Candyland, um, which I haven't played since I was a kid. Now I've played it every every other day for, like, six months. Um, but I, I, I that's not really, like, a, we've also been watching Hotel Transylvania 3 every day for six months, and I'm still not sick of it. So it is what it is. I can't wait to see the other first two. Um, uh, you don't have the backstory yet. No, by, not yet. Just, just when they watching. go on a cruise ship. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, so, but we we play Candyland because it's bright, it's colorful, it's easy. There's no, there is luck involved, but it's not like there's so many components that you need to worry about. There's just a board there's pieces and there's cards Mm -hmm. and it's very simple. And so being able to teach the tone and rhythm of being able to know what a turn on a game is like, for example, it's my turn. Okay. Now it's your turn and being able to set the parameters and say like, okay, this is my turn to do things. So I'm going to flip a card. Oh, I got double green. Okay. Boom, boom. I go over here. Okay. Now it's your turn. And being able to then phase out that language and almost play a game completely silently Mm. and be able to be like, okay, green boom boom and then they do their things without even me having to prompt them in some sense is so cool um where they are able to behaviorally know this is what we're doing this Mm -hmm. is how and not only that but even what their motivation is what they're trying to get to so like for example when i play a game with uh with my with my kids any game any clients like if they win fireworks because i want them to I guess know what they're fighting for. It's not just like we're playing this game and then we're going to go do something else. This isn't supposed to be a chore. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be a very leisurely activity. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to work in it, but you want to. You're supposed to want to work towards it. Yeah. Um. So being able to have that ability to teach that and then also give them that motivation is really rewarding. Um, similarly, like I teach, you know, a lot of my depending on the developmental level of this the child. We'll teach, you know, we play Uno, we play Jenga. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also, too, like, I mean, things like Uno teaches, uh, you know, risk and stuff mm-hmm. and assessment and also being able to know, like, how patterns can form. Mm-hmm. Um, 
things like Jenga and we've actually been playing, um, what's it? The, the one with the sticks that you pull out, um, uh, marble drop. No, it's, it Kerplunk. is marble drop, but Kerplunk. That's it. Very good. Um, it's, uh, Kerplunk. So being able to teach things like dexterity mm-hmm. where you're have to having to know, like your physical actions have a certain weight to them of when you do something, it's like, that's, you know, you may want to think twice about doing something like that. Um, do you do you can you play the game just for the game's sake without having it as here's here's the sermon behind it here's the lesson uh-huh. behind it and where that's just intrinsically in there or at some point do you have to be overt with with your clients I actually don't think I am overt because I don't sit there and talk with them like we don't debrief the game and say okay here's what we learned because mm-hmm. I think that's so dumb I agree one I think like I mean, I could be wrong, but the way that I've learned it is I usually, and I also, I'm a person that hates having knowledge repeated to them. I'm just, that's, I'm impatient that way and I'm trying to get better. But it's like, if someone is going to tell me something that I have already learned from them, then I'm like, all right, we can't, I can't, like, you're done kind of thing. <laughs> have you cut somebody off? Exactly. Like I have to, I have to stop because I already know what you're going to say. Mm. And that's very rude of me. I should, I should do better. But the truth is, is I think being able to, you know, expect my child to do the same way. Like by the time we're finished with the game, they already have a sense of what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So for example, like I'm not going to try and tell them like, Oh, like, I mean, I'm going to teach them how to play the game, but by the time we're done, you know, they already sort of know what they're doing. And whoever wins or loses, like we make a big deal about it and then we go do something else. Like mm-hmm. we go do some work and then we use this later or we go watch a movie or we do something else. So being able to, it's almost like they're they're kind of meshed in together. They're, they're both, I don't think it's very overt, but I do think that as I'm, you know, playing the game with them, maybe the, even the actions that I take, depending on their developmental level, they'll know what to do. Like that itself is teaching, mm-hmm. is playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, it's, it's the same even when I play a game. Um, we, if you're playing a game like um, uh-huh. I, Jenga, okay, uh, risk-taking, uh-huh. is that a game that you're going, I want this child to work on this game because today we're going to be working in that sphere. So kind mm-hmm. of matching the game to this so that the game can stand alone, but they're now discussing doing the outside work going, wait a minute. This kind of had that risk-taking element. This mm-hmm. kind of had that pattern-seeking. Mm-hmm. Do, wait, do these connect? Do you go That's like that? That's a really good question, actually. I don't think that I, I shape it. We just, a lot of times when I play games, because the thing is, most games aren't part of the child's behavior program, at least not yet. <laughs> there might be. Um, once, you, once you get your, uh, your <laughs> stuff published. I'd like to think so. Um but no, it, like I mean, it's not like I'm just going and playing game after game with kids like I'd like to. Because I mean, the truth is, is that there's a lot of other behavioral programs that I need to work on with them. Mm-hmm. And games are mostly supposed to be a leisurely activity. And it's actually kind of nice, like to just to go off for a second. I don't want to turn games into this massive thing that I do all the time because then it turns into work. Mm. That's really actually why I stopped photography so much is because it turned into work. I started looking at things as how much money I can make based off of instead how beautiful it was. Oh. And I'd like to think that I would want to give games the same treatment to say, like, you know, games are supposed to be special to me. I want to share that. I don't want to make it work for them or for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when, when I think about the games we play, most of the time it's a game that we've been playing for a while because we're trying to get this idea. It's not like we're playing a different game each day per se. Sometimes we do. 
Um, sometimes we switch it up just because they already know what we're playing. So it's like, oh, what do you want to play? Oh, cool, let's do this. Like it's mm-hmm. more of a leisurely activity than actually teaching something. But if we're trying to work on a specific skill like turn taking or like language, um, like uh, social language or being able to teach things like fine motor skill mm-hmm. uh, within a game of Jenga and then also the dexterity that comes with that. Uh, being able to teach those if you're trying to sort of do it in like discrete trial, not necessarily in discrete trial training as it is defined within applied behavior analysis, but as it is just done doing something over and over and over again to slowly teach a skill. I think being able to do that is a little more regimented, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, being able to talk to a child and say like okay like we're going to like we're going to work on fine motor this is how we're going to do it rather than just picking up grains of rice let's work on pulling out sticks out of a tube and see if marbles drop yeah kind of thing that mm-hmm. that's cool yeah uh yeti and my spaghetti have you played that yes <laughs> that one's a really fun one but it's also that one's difficult because the spaghetti's like wavy and curved it's not straight mm-hmm. and a lot of children sometimes if they are familiar with Kerplunk because the, the spaghetti sticks pull. are straight, those pull them right out. Whereas this one you have to twist and turn and be very careful. But I love that game. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I'm picturing it, I'm just like thinking there could be this whole category and maybe it already exists mm-hmm. uh, or this, this spreadsheet of games of this helps with X, Y, and Z. And Actually, it just has like state standards attached yeah, to it. Yeah. There, well, there's, there's already a lot of certificates that some games are given just based on... Um, you know, a lot of kids and family games, they'll say like, you know, Mensa Select, or they'll say things like um, top 10, up, or uh, what is it, top 10 rated from this educational institution or something like that. There's actually a podcast I listen to that goes over a top 10 of so on and so forth. And they did a lot of, they did a series of education of top 10 games that teach history, or top 10 games that teach math. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of games that will do that. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Actually, I was, I was talking with a friend of mine in Joshua tree this past weekend and he was asking, like, he's a special ed teacher mm-hmm. and he was, uh, talking about like, what are some games that I can implement in, excuse me, into my classroom, but for a variety of developmental levels, because in special education, you know, you get it, you don't just get one. Yeah. And it's also hard to quantify that in a sense as well. But I was telling him about like, okay, so there's like this dexterity game and there's also this like really simple spelling game and there's this really fun, um, like this, uh, what is it? It's called flux. Um, and there's tons of different types of flux, but you can play math flux where you like, you put like seven plus nine equals mm. and then you do 16. Okay. So being able to teach those different games, it's obviously, you know, you need to know those concepts in order to manipulate them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some games are so simple that it will just kind of teach a child, if anything, how to focus um, on something that worth focusing on. Mm. Um, and I think that that's, I mean, kids already know how to play. It's very, it's very difficult to, to try and sit and sit with a child and be like, okay, this is how you play because they're just going to do it. That's actually one of the beautiful parts, I think, is being able to just sit and play with a child because they already know what they're doing, but then giving them new goals to do that with what they're doing Hmm. um so for example like you know it's and i'm not going to try and teach a child how to you know play with action figures but i might say like you know (laughs) and i'm not going to like you know overload their minds and say like what's their purpose what's their motivation because that's obviously like i'm not going to do that but i might say something like you know okay so what are they doing what are they trying to do what if they went and got this and you create kind of like the story 
that tells one the motivation, but it also allows them to manipulate these toys in ways that they either did or didn't think of before. Mm. Um, that they were able to, like you know, maybe they thought that they could walk, but did they know that the action figures could run? Mm. Kind of thing like mm-hmm. that. Um, so being able to use these games in ways that you know or at least used a lot of pieces and components that children perhaps were aware of but didn't know how they could be used before and giving them a new goal to focus on. Mm-hmm. If anything, that means that if there was one goal that could come out of thin air, that means that there are infinite goals that could that could materialize within a lot of different pieces and components. Yeah. And then the possibilities are endless depending on what you're working with. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Um, well... I can probably get one more question. Though. Okay. Well, that's where I'm at. All right. One, so, one word answer. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, you get a one word answer. Yeah. Video games. <sighs> one word. Uh, exhilarating. Yeah. I think they are. Really. <laughs> comes, I love them. Back, that's the thing is like people, I, I sometimes think that people think that I think that board, video games are like so bad because they're not board games. And that's so not true. I love mm-hmm. video games. Because, you know, there's not often times where I get to play board games with a bunch of people, so I need a solo game. Mm-hmm. And I also have fun revisiting a lot of games that I used to play in high school. Um, I love video games. But I guess the game, or the the word, I think, would be something so... I really think that they're purposeful. Um, mm. They teach a lot of a lot of things. And it's not going to, like, you know, it's not going to teach you things like, you know, how to take down an alien civilization. That's not the point. But I think it teaches you... <laughs> the ability to sort of multitask Mm. in so many, like there's so many gamers out there that will do the craziest things. Um, And it's not like they were the ones that created the world and the environment to do that, but they take what they're given and they're like, all right, let's do this thing. They don't even perhaps know they're going to. Uh, Fortnite is like the the joke of things, but also uh-huh. you can make a lot of money on oh, it. Oh, no, it's incredibly but true. Have yeah. you seen those yes. Fortnite videos of the guys that can build something in split seconds? Yes. And you're just like, this it's incredible. is insane. Yeah. And I think being able to have, you know, some sandbox like that, and that's really an, like a, another field of technology that I'm very interested in studying is virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to watch something like this, it's not, it is virtual reality, but it's not VR the way we think about it right now. But being able to be in a virtual sense and build something similar to how Minecraft is. I mean, what, mm-hmm. 30, 30 million people play Minecraft every day. That's nuts. And being able to manipulate a space, um, of, that is so kind of it, it's so open it's so it is a sandbox like there's so many elements at your mm-hmm. disposal and being able to build something from nothing and it's constantly being updated exactly too, right? um yeah no it is constantly being updated it's it's just it's incredible mm-hmm. um i think it's very like when you hop into a game provided it's a game that you want to play i feel like me personally, when I play a game, I feel, okay, this is exactly what I need to do. There's no questioning what, it, it, that's not entirely true. There are some games I'm very confused with, but at the same time, like that's also games that I, it's not like I'm playing games that I'm confused with that I also like playing. Mm-hmm. Usually I'll work hard to find that goal or I'll shut it off and play something else. Mm-hmm. So I think finding a game that is very, that I like and that I understand, I feel in the zone. Mm-hmm. I feel very purpose-driven to get this goal, whatever it is, however hard it is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's a you know i i I will like grind in through a game sometimes for you know a couple three four hours to try and get to this goal and then you know feeling that sense of completion and accomplishment at the end of it feels great and it's a board games offer the same thing i think you know obviously i mean any hobby really Mm -hmm. offers the same thing but i think video games because there's so much that you can virtually do gives you really that's that otherworldly sense of strength and heroism yeah in a sense yeah there's certain games that have like uh that open world that you don't have to complete everything but for some reason you feel like you need to Mm -hmm. grand theft auto had that Mm -hmm. i think after grand theft auto 3 where it's like hey you can do this side mission this side yeah of course there's like different side quests and Uh, stuff final fantasies had that too where Uh you're just like cranking through leveling up your characters going what am i doing yeah (laughs) just becomes a little mind numbing i remember i was playing a game of fable a couple uh the original fable yeah uh with actually it was fable 2 but i've played the trilogy Mm -hmm. um i'm looking forward to any sequels that they have coming up but i was playing the second one and i remember like for two months i played i was like i'd already beaten the story and i was just leveling up my character and i got I got like did all these side quests and I got like all this, this mana and all these weapons and all these abilities. And then I got not bored, but I just like, I just started doing other things. I was like, Oh, like, you know, hockey starting up or like, you Mm -hmm. know, Oh, like I my exams are starting. So I got to start studying more. And I came back to my character and I like months later and I looked at it and I was like, this is so powerful, but there's nothing to do with it. Like it's, it's almost like that you kind of reach that apex where you're like, almost like a god in the game Mm -hmm. and then it's almost like you know not in a religious sense by any means but like when you're a god yeah you you must be so bored because there's literally everything you could do and there's absolutely no challenge oh so (laughs) oh that's a (laughs) with that when you when you reach the apex yeah when you are better than everybody else exactly there's nothing left to do. Yeah. It's Solomon. In a, in a sense, yeah. 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 Very yeah. lonely at the top. Uh, and with that loneliness, mm-hmm. let's make some music. Okay. Myself up for the rules to compete with me. I will make you my enemy, and we will go on this journey for an hour or so. My story, my character has a goal. My story. My character has a flaw. I'm not 
going places, but my character's going places. This is a sadder song than it's meant to be. So it won't be that sad in the end. Cause it sounds like you're not doing anything but playing a game. <laughs> so stupid. Sometimes they don't hit at all. down the street today like i fell like i just drew the ice cream card everything so sweet and everything so shiny i skip all the other pieces past They don't get the ice cream No, no, no Only for Only for me today Hey, hey, hey. I just draw each color in sequence But today I get to go to King Candy Castle So how your brain wins the 
dopamine that rushes through you What's your entry point? What's your entry point? Where did you start? And why are you here? What makes you want to win and makes you not feel losing? Take your chances and make your risks But what makes you not flip this table? What makes you not flip this table? I can't bring you along Or I could just victory point away You can't reckon and I can't make my next ten moves But what keeps you at the table? What keeps you at the table? Five moves in, I'm not a noob I can cross my way through And I can win at this table I can win at this table I know, and you do too If I win John, thank you so much for being on and sharing your experience with games and and also just your love of teaching people. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're headed towards this ID. Uh-huh. Are you in that program now? Not yet. I'm uh, currently applying uh, for a possible application acceptance for a program in fall of 2021. So it's okay. a bit of a ways away. All it's right. okay though. I'm I'm good with waiting. Yeah, you just went through school, so I did. I went through two years of school, and even then, I'm still I'm still submitting and publishing my thesis and everything. So. <laughs> So you're never done. Never. You're never done. <laughs> but it's nice, though. I mean, it's nice to have something to work towards and stuff and things I truly care about. So Yeah. 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 Um, two things. Yeah. Uh, where can people find your photography? Sure. It's on Instagram, uh, writingstagram, my last name, writing, R-I-D-I-N-G, and then mixed in very cutely with Instagram, S-T-A-G-R-A-M, writingstagram. Oh, mm-hmm. There's like that little S in the middle that's throwing everything mm-hmm. on the S-T, I guess. Writingstagram. And... Uh, yeah. Besides Scythe, what uh-huh. should people play? Um, one of my favorite games uh, before Scythe was a game called Subterra, and it's an incredible cooperative game uh, where it's tile laying. It's it's basically you uh, you and everyone around the table are spelunkers. 
underground. Uh, and that, that's the thing is like, you know, who would use the word spelunkers unless you were playing a game or actually spelunking? Exactly. Um, but you're all trying to escape this cave. Uh, and as you as you explore the cave, that the cave builds itself by laying tiles down. So each game is different. And you have these geological hazards to go around with like gas leaks and floods and tremors and cave-ins and even monsters that are like tra- chasing you and stuff. And each person has a role that they, like a character that they play as that has abilities, but they're also not as good in other areas and you need everybody to work together. Um, actually in separate teams, like the actual table splits up into teams across the board to try and accomplish and find the exit. It's a very enriching, rewarding experience to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, go something so adventurous, uh, you know, virtually, but adventurous with friends. Uh, so, I, you know, that's something cooperative games, I think, are incredible conduit for that, especially since so many people pride themselves on being so competitive. Mm-hmm. Why not channel that in the same direction? So Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Subterra? Subterra. Mm-hmm. It's from the UK. Thank you again for being on. Yeah, man. Thank you all for listening to Ongs. 